Welcome to C-Suite Radio. Idly hey! Welcome to another episode of The Brett Allen Show. Prepare to be astonished! A pop culture podcast. Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, <gasps> oh, television, I'm back in business, baby. comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so going to party. Now, here's your host, Brett Allen. We have a huge star with us today. Mickey James, she is a six-time WWE champion. She's a musician. She's a mom. She's a fashion person. She likes to design things, all these other things. We're talking about this before we started taping. Mickey, welcome into the podcast. It's good to have you here today. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you, Brett. That was a, I, I think that I'm a designer. I just watch a lot of HGTV and I think I know what I'm talking about. Like, so <laughs> I feel like I could fully rehab a home if I needed to, if I had, you know, the tools. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not, it's a lot of work, but the space that I'm in, and we were talking about this earlier, you know, she designed this pretty much from scratch. It was like a tough shed basically that stored tools and furniture and other things. And then she converted it into a space to live. So there's a loft and there's a television. So, and she's kind of the same like you, you know, she likes to design things and fashion them. So, well, now, I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, you have lots of time on your hands. I know you're traveling with music and things like that. How have you been? What, what's been going on with you? I've been following you on social media. I know you've been traveling a lot with your music and spending time with your husband and your family. Let's talk about that and just how has life been for you over the last oh, couple of months? Actually, really, really amazing. These last couple of months, I've had a chance to sit back. I'm, you'd think that I would have slowed down, but I have not. I've been busier and busier than ever because I've just put more stuff on my plate. Like obviously, you know, coming out of the pandemic, I'm so excited to be able to get to perform in front of live audiences again, both on stage and in the ring. Um, I just had my first music concert back in like two years over the past weekend and and I drove out to Virginia so I could see my family and do all that. And then drove the 10 hours back because we had a press conference in St. Louis um, just a couple days ago and uh, which went fantastic. It went so well and then just got back home. So I'm like, oh, I can decompress for a second and just sit back. But there's just, I have so much to do, especially like heading up the um, empower pay-per-view and everything. There's just a lot of things to do. And it's, it's a, uh, lot of responsibility. So I've been very, I've been working hard, keeping all kinds yeah. of crazy hours, which is good <laughs> because I always keep crazy hours anyway, you know? So. Yeah. Well, I imagine during your time with the WWE and TNA and all of that, I mean, I imagine that has to be the most insane schedule that anybody could possibly keep. Like you have musicians and people that travel all the time, but that schedule has to be just absolutely nuts so it must be nice to be able to do other things that obviously you enjoy as well but that are a little bit different instead of just right. going from town to town to town you know waking up in a different city every day or every other day yeah and then just kind of rinse wash and repeat I guess would be the I know. best well, way you know but there is a certain kind of uh energy about that because I do love that's one of the things that I loved 
about being on the road was being able to go through so many different cities and even small towns. Like I'm such a, like a little history, like buff architecture buff. Like I just love old buildings and all these things like with stories behind them. Um, and I really cherish those, the time on the road of being able to do that and stop into these towns and kind of get a feel for the landscape and the people there. Um, obviously my, it was a lot easier to do that before I came up, became a mom, you know, because I want to be home or be able to take my son with me on these adventures now. Um, so that's a little bit different. And I think, uh, you know, touring with music is very similar to touring, especially at the stage I'm at. It's not like I have a private bus and that's just carting me around from, (laughs) we all love to get to that level, but that is all of us would, right. Everybody would like, everybody. (laughs) Oh, you want a private plane? I'm like, actually I would prefer a bus because I do love, there's something about the open. And I think I guess I grew up on the road trying to make it in wrestling so long of like, I enjoyed those times in the car of traveling or being by myself or with whoever I was traveling and having those conversations and those memories and those stories from the road. But I think ideally I would much prefer a bus over a private jet, unless we had to cross water because then obviously the, (laughs) you know, the bus is not going to get across the water, but unless it was a magic bus, which then I know. Well, I mean, there is the magic school bus. So, but those don't exist for folks. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) unfortunately unfortunately no I love it so obviously being a mom being a wife is very important to you and that has always been one thing that well many things I mean I've been a fan since day one really but really just watching your life change over the years becoming a mom and that sort of thing does your son I mean he's older now clearly but does he kind of look at your life that you lived before does he is Does he understand kind of what you did? I don't think he has any idea of what it it is so normal for him. So this is the difference. I think like, I go like, God, you know, I I don't think he truly realizes what it is or what, you know what I mean? And like, even in like the conversations, like he just thinks it's normal because mommy's, this is what mom does. This is what dad does. These are their friends. And it's just his normal. Which is kind of, so I don't think, he doesn't even sell it. Like, he doesn't care. Really? <laughs> he's, he's just he doesn't like... even care. Like, I mean, he enjoys going to the shows and doing the stuff. And he, he loves to get inside the ring and run and play in the ring of and course. stuff like that. But when it comes to actually understanding what we do or watching the television product as a whole, like, he'll watch it and be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But I think he would much rather be watching Blaze and the Monster Machines. And <laughs> yes. so... <laughs> like not impressed not impressed no but it's it's pretty weird I know I guess because it's like it's hard to say that because you think like it'd be like oh he's also very young you know he's six he's going on seven and so I think he's just growing he just got into cars like actual like hot wheels and matchbox cars and that kind of stuff because prior to that it was all trains and then Legos are obviously massive and but it was you know it's just all these phases that kids go through um But yeah, wrestling is not one of those things of like, I think because he's been backstage and seen it since he was an infant, you know, it just, it's not, it's nothing new to him. He's just kind of like, oh yeah, we're going to go to this thing. But I find that extremely fascinating. My son just turned seven this past weekend. So I get it. Like there's that comprehension of, they kind of know what you do, but really it's like of no interest other than, you know, my son's the same. He'd rather be playing Minecraft or some video game or Legos or something. 
Yeah, I mean, I imagine growing up around that, maybe when he's older, perhaps it'll sink in a little bit because they'll see the storylines and all of right. the drama and theatrics, <laughs> so to speak, that go along with what you've done in the past. It's just very fascinating. So you've got the music, you're spending time with your son, you have all these other projects that you've got going on in your life. How do you find time to manage everything? Because I mean, you keep a very busy life. I do. And I, I, I luckily have a good team around me and obviously my husband and, and my family, like it really, it really does help, but it still has me like, I'm going all the time. I have, you know, obviously emails sitting there and things that I'm, I'm I feel like I'm constantly catching up to be honest, to stay on top of everything. Cause I do sure. want to prioritize certain things and make sure I make time from, for my family first, you know? Um, so it's, it's a lot and it's just a big juggle. And it's like working those extra hours after, you know, my son goes to bed and that's when I, I can get most of my real work done, like as far as on the computer or anything like that. And I'm not the most technology savvy person in the world as it is. So it takes a little extra time for me, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's, it's like, honestly, it's I have a great team. My PR team um, is incredible. Uh, and my home team is incredible. And it's, we have to work together to make it because everybody's trying to juggle. Like we're all in the same boat, just juggling so much, you know? So yeah, I find it uh, extremely fascinating what you do and have done in the past as far as wrestling. I think it's just a big piece of Americana that has been around for decades. And over the years, it has changed significantly. Please correct me if I'm wrong. You got your start pretty much like in the mid to late 90s is when you came onto the scene. Did music happen or exist before that and it just happened to have a larger platform for you because of the wrestling or did it come after the fact um writing always had a big part okay. for me i always was a writer uh even in high school i took creative writing and novel music was always something that i truly wanted to do i obviously played the violin for five years from middle school through about 10th grade i think i stopped playing at in um 11th my last two years um, and I wish hindsight, I wish I'd never stopped playing. I still have mm -hmm. my violins. I still, I just wish, you know what it was is like, you get going through that phase. And this is my, always my thing with, with people who are growing up. It's like, don't listen to this mold or like what other people say, because I, it was one of those things, oh, it's, you're nerdy because you play in the symphony and the thing, the whole thing. And I was trying to fit in and be part, be cooler, you know? So I dropped the violin and now here I am and I write music and I wish I still played every day. Oh God, I wish wow. I still played, you know, um, I, I, it's still my favorite instrument. It's still my favorite instrument to hear and to, to listen to, to play. And, um, yeah, I, I think that, um, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but I think I that all it. those things, are, yeah, I, I, wanted to sing but it wasn't anything that I, th I did chorus or I would okay. do like little theater classes or stuff and you know voluntarily and, and but I just didn't think I was that great at it you know it but it was the ability to make it in wrestling and to get to that goal and that because I felt like that was so unobtainable for me and it was something that I really really wanted and I was passionate about as equally passionate about music as I was and my horses as I was wrestling but I really put all my eggs in the wrestling basket, you know, in hopes to make it. 
And there was a lot of tests and a lot of things along the way. And I think that that the fact that I was able to achieve that goal gave me the confidence to go after the other one. You know what I mean? It gave me my confidence to then go like, you know what? I've always wanted to do the music and I've always thought that it would never happen for, for me. But I also thought that wrestling would never happen for me. The little girl from Montpelier would never make it. And everybody told me that, you know, there's a lot of people who said I wouldn't make it. Um, And so I just, even if this album, I'm just going to go to Nashville with this collection of songs that I've written um, on the road and prior in my, you know, 10,000 notebooks, I got strung around. I'm just going to take what I think are the best ones and take them to Nashville and just cut an EP of one or two songs. And if it doesn't do anything or it doesn't go anywhere, at least I did it. Yeah, that was it. It was really like, I have to prove myself wrong because I, I told myself that this wasn't possible for me. So I'm telling myself now that this is possible for me and I'm going to do it and see what happens. And out of that, that's how, you know, that started in 2008, I think was when I went first went to Nashville to start working on this album, the first album of like making connections and talking to people. And I met my first producer. And out of that is how I've gotten here two albums 10 singles later, my own record label that I put my music out on, like all these things becoming a stronger songwriter collaborations with like yin yang twins and this new chapel heart band that with our last single, like the, the she's their CMT's next women of country. They are women to watch. And like, it was such a powerful song. And I was so honored to be able to do that with them and write that with them. And I just think I've grown so much of as an artist, but I've grown so much confidence that I lacked because I think it's two different people. Mickey James in the ring is a very different person than Mickey James on stage, you know? Oh, um, sure. You're not call, doing ring. call outs during country music. Concerts. Yeah. And it's just Mickey James in the, in the <laughs> ring was untouchable. It was, she was unbreakable. She's superhero. She's like, you know, whereas Mickey James on stage songs and these songs that I'm writing and telling are a very vulnerable space. And it's very much like, the real Mickey James or the other side of Mickey James that you don't get to see on here because I have to be so strong sure. because it is such a masculine space, you know? So I have, I can't have, I have to have thick skin and I have to do all these things, but I don't necessarily have to be that tough on the stage by myself, you know? So I can let you in a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that even your fans on the wrestling side find that probably very appealing because they get to see a different side of you I want to turn the clock back to that time when you first got this idea that you wanted to be a wrestler and you wanted to make it all the way. I mean, how does that conversation even happen with yourself, with family? Because it's such an audacious sport for one. It's like, it's different than anything that exists. I feel than baseball, football, but it's also probably from what I can see, one of the most competitive and a very masculine space, like you mentioned, like going in the seventies and the eighties, you know, you've got the Holgans and the flares and all these people. And then you start to see other people come onto the scene. Like how did the, how, what was the genesis of you becoming a wrestler? Obviously you just shared kind of your goal to make it as far as you did six time champions. That's like almost unheard of in some spaces. How did you get to where you are? Like what was kind of the idea of from the beginning? Um, it's mindset, really mindset. I think when it comes down to it, like, obviously I was, uh, I never stopped working. 
I know even when I was the best at the time on the scene or perceived to be one of the best, I still was doing dojos and camps and a sponge. And I still am. I always feel, I feel like I'm still learning to this day, you know, it's a constant learning curves. Um, I will say, you know, obviously my love for wrestling started when I was young as a okay. fan, you know, as, and it was a real true bonding experience. Um, and, uh, uh, so that probably sparked that genuine love for the business. Plus it was the thing of like, this was my, you know, this was the thing that my sisters and my dad all, when we would see each other on the weekends or every other weekend that we would, this was our bonding thing. And, um, I was always a tomboy and I was always a little bit tough. I grew on, up on a farm and I trained horses and she competed and showed horses. And, you know, my grandmother was very tough and, and she's, you know, if you fall off, you have to get right back on. And this, so this, this is like, these things were, it was already taught in me to be a fighter and I'm already naturally very competitive, but also, uh, I demand a lot out of myself and, and perfectionist. I'm very much a perfectionist in myself a lot and like hold myself to a high standard. Um, but it wasn't until, you know, I, I fell off of the wrestling wagon for a while until the attitude era right. and it really started to, because, you know, we grow up and, and we evolve and, you know, everybody's kind of doing their lives. And like I said before, it's like, you grow up and you're getting that space and you're like, Oh, I'm, I want to be cool. Or I like boys now. And I was so into my horses and competing. I was very competitive with my sister and I both, like we competed every summer and, and big shows, you know, against real, you know, professional trainers and stuff and did very, very well at it. And that's honestly where I saw my life going. Cause I still have this massive love and passion for horses. Cause there's the, the, the healing that they do. Um, and just in my own personal life, but I found myself being enthralled and captured by wrestling all over again. And it was becoming hot again and it was cool and it was different and I just fell back in love all over again with the, cause it was the characters and the stories and the losing yourself in those moments and that escapism and all these things. Um, and I remember finally when I had the opportunity to go and go into a wrestling school, I'm like, this is it. This is what I want to do. And this wow. is what I want to do. And I remember immediately making my goals of like, well, you know, people, cause people go, oh, what do you want to do? Where you, where do you see yourself? I'm like, I'm going to be the champion. I want to be the champion. I'm going to be, I think you have to see yourself and believe yourself to be capable. Like you have to believe it for yourself in order to achieve it. You have to believe that that's a possibility and also see and visualize and, and your mindset is everything. Because I think that you can, anyone can talk themselves in or out of anything that they want to, you know? Sure. And, and, you know, I, I think that if you, uh, lead with your heart and not let your mind talk yourself out of it. You can do powerful, powerful things, you know? So, um, and obviously that, you know, that journey was not the easiest of journeys, but I always <laughs> I envisioned myself and I would constantly visualize myself there. Like, and, and when that finally, finally happened, it was just like, it was breathtaking. It was overwhelming. The, the feeling that I, I just can't, you know, if I could tap, you tap into that space of like, that was that moment of achievement of true, like I made it, you know, wow. when I found that first time. And so, yeah, it's, it's mindset and people go like, Oh, it's luck. And it is, it is that like, there is a lot of right place, right time, right person believes in you. There is all of that. But I sent in probably about, I mean, I would send Dr. Tom a tape 
every, almost every two weeks, at least once a month for probably three years straight before I finally got the one where they called me and said, we're very interested. We want to sign you. Wow. So those, that's like all that interesting, but not yet, not yet, not yet of all those things. And I just never would accept it. I would, I would be like, I'm going to prove it to, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them. I'm going to show it. Like I just kept that like in my mind and it was a struggle sometimes, you know, because we're constantly tested and everything, but you know, I, I think that it's always the biggest test before the biggest breaks. So. Yeah. Wow. That's so, that's great. That's liquid gold there. I think because yeah, there is the luck and the skill, but also you have the mindset from the beginning that this is what I want to do. And I think that's the problem that people face is they have these ideas of things they want to do and places they want to get, but they don't, take the time to really map it out and decide mentally yeah, that's half the battle right there, you know, because, right. you know, yeah, you've won the championships and the belts and, and that sort of thing, but that's all it's huge. Like, I yeah. mean, there's very few people who have maybe won one or two, six, 10, like Ric Flair or somebody like that. But like, that's a byproduct of all of the hard work that you've put into this and of course you get the byproduct of the celebrity and uh, the young women or men who look at you and go, man, I want to do the same thing that yeah. she's doing when I grow up because it's so fascinating. I'm 47. I've been watching wrestling for years, but I didn't even get to go to my first live event until like two years ago in Sacramento. And it is like an, an experience like you. It's crazy. And I had a friend. It's like, you got to sit here. You got to be in this place. I'm like, okay, okay, to really get the full experience of the showmanship and everything. Right. I, I just find it so intriguing because you set your mind to it. It's just, it's great. I love it. And then you made it. And now yeah. you're entering well, this other you, part of your life too. But no, it was not without you. a lot of hard work and like oh, absolutely. And I'll stress say, well, and anxiety, the, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, it's always, it, that is the one thing that people forget it, you have to put in the work. Yeah. And I don't think that people, when, when that, when someone says that, Oh, it's like, Oh, I'm working. I am working. I don't think people truly understand the work. When I say you have to put in the work and the right. reps and the constant, it just does not, the grind does not stop. And, and even now the grind does not stop. You know, I think the hardest lesson for me to learn along that journey is to stop trying to control it and plan right. it. Like, cause everything Sometimes like, you know, when I say like some of these things that have happened along the way and I just go like, oh, it feels like such a, a big stoppage or it stops you in your tracks, but it's always, you know, there is, it is for a reason and, and never like not everything is going to go along this perfect plan that you've mapped out for yourself. It doesn't right. necessarily happen to that way. And if you completely stay focused on that plan, then you block these other things that could potentially be the things that are your breakout. You know what I mean? And it took right. me a long time to go like, okay, quit trying to control it or like design exactly how it's supposed to happen. And just let just, you just bust your ass and you work hard and do it the right way. And it is going to happen. It is inevitable. Right. Like, so yeah. I stopped trying to say like, this is the way it's supposed to be. And this is the way it's supposed to happen because for everyone, everyone's different in, in every way. Their journey is different. Their story is different and how they get there is different. And I really now sitting back and, and my journey alone, like, God, I loved every moment of it. 
even the, the good, the bad, the ugly, the highs, the lows. I have so many genuine like friends that I've made along the way in all of those pockets. And I have so many amazing memories that I just, you know what I mean? So those things are priceless. That's just what life is. Like life is really, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey that it takes to get there. And that's really who defines what you are, you know, all along the way. And that's in and out of wrestling. That's just life in general. And I think we just, sometimes it's just meant to be lived and we forget that, like live it and enjoy it. You know? Yeah. I mean, to go from one organization to another, then back to another and to be able to cover all of those things. One last question. I know you've had a very busy day with press, but I have, but I'm you're a rock you. star. Thank you. Your son grows up. He gets older. He gets what mom did, what dad does. He comes to you and says, I want to go into the business. What does that conversation look like? Because a lot of kids follow in their parents' footsteps. Yep. Obviously, Ric Flair's daughter. I mean, there's nice. I keep referencing him, but he's been on our show twice. So like, that's my friend. He is one of my favorite humans <laughs> of all time in yeah. and out the ring. Um, and I love him and I love Ashley. Charlotte is incredible. And yeah. I wish that I would have had a chance to face her, but I just, maybe that time will come one day. I don't maybe. know. Uh, but I just love, no, they absolutely are both deserving. And I think, you know, she's one of the you know, especially as a female, you think about what incredible shoes that are like that is to fill huge, huge. And she has done a remarkable job of filling those shoes and really not just filling those shoes, but making her own shoes. You know yeah. what I mean? And that is really the difference maker of it all of like, I'm so proud of her. And, you know, you see it all the time and, even you know, with Natty and Tamina and like Second generation, third generation are like that family tradition. I can't imagine, obviously, because it's not shoes that I've ever had to fulfill, but I, I just can't imagine the pressure that is you put on yourself because we already sure. keep ourselves at such high standards as it is. But then that's a whole another level of pressure that I can't imagine living in. And it's just like they've done such a remarkable job of really just, you know, creating this whole space just for themselves and really just standing into their own names which is like the biggest struggle when doing that. So of course. Yeah. Yeah. But my son, um, is this before or after he's gone to college? Uh, I love how you frame that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was very good deflect. I mean, that is the best I have seen anybody do. I think the answer lies right there. So college <laughs> is obviously important. Um, I'm very impressed that you're, you are trained very well. And that wasn't even a setup or leading the witness. I, I'm just very curious, like, what if? So he's gone to college. He comes to you and says, I want to wrestle. Well, even prior to college, honestly, like, <laughs> I think that the biggest thing that you can do for your child is to whatever their dream is, sure, is to harness that and to harness that and do whatever you can to cultivate that dream. And whether that is to be an engineer or to be, you know, to work with the children. I don't care what it is. If you're, I just feel like we always speak these dreams as children and it's only through life that they get cut off or we right. feel like they're, they're impossible for us. And as a parent, the, the, I want to be the first person to be able to lift that dream up, whatever it is. So if he was to come to me and say, that's what he wanted to do, I would 1000%, um, you know, help him in any way I can. And, 
that would be to send him to the best school around because I don't think that I would be able to teach him because he's my son and sure. I would show favoritism and I, because you know, can <laughs> go wrong in my eyes. So there is that. <laughs> I don't I know. It. I would just make sure that I just think that you have to cultivate dreams. You really, really do. Yeah. 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 Cause I think sometimes as parents, you know, we want our children to, we obviously want the very best for them, no matter what. I know that is a fact and we want to encourage them and their choices and, and, and that sort of thing. So of course we want our kids to follow on our footsteps, but they might have a completely different interest. I always am curious about that because I wonder what that process would look like, you know, or what it has looked like for some of these other amazing women and men who have first generation, second generation, third generation wrestlers, you know, maybe even fourth who have taken a swing at this. I love it. I love your music. And if you're Thank ever you. in the Bay Area, we have to connect that way. Yes. Um, MickeyJames.com is where you can find everything out about you. You're on social media. Go to YouTube. If you've never watched any wrestling match in your entire life, you have to watch her in the ring because she is just fantastic and six-time champion. And this is great, Mickey. Thank you for Aww. joining me. I appreciate it. Well, no, thank you for having me. And I was going to say, well, if you're going to YouTube, make sure you go check out my God TV show with my yes. sister, SoCal Val and Lisa Marie um, as well. And I will say that make sure you go to um, nationalwrestlingalliance.com so that way you can follow what we're doing leading into St. Louis for Empower and NWA 73 and all the exciting stuff there to come. And yeah. Very exciting. Yeah, very excited. That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by. If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.